Hey guys, welcome back to the Green and Bold podcast. Uh, today we're going to continue on with the top 50 Green Bay Packers of all time. We're going to do 45 through 41. So I thought we'd go with 45. We'd go with Nick Collins. Uh, he seems to be a fan favorite. He was definitely one of my favorites off the 2010 Super Bowl team. Obviously, safety. Played seven seasons with us, 95 games. He was a second-round pick in 2005 NFL Draft. His biggest season was 2008, statistically, with seven interceptions. Um, I don't know if any, anybody else calls him this, but I always called him Big Play Nick. He seemed to always be around the ball, always willing to stick his nose in and hit somebody. And... um as all the Packers fans know, we all know that he had a neck injury that shortened his career. Um, with 44, I'm going to go with Sam Shields, corner. Another guy off that 2010 Super Bowl team. Seven seasons for us. 80 games. Undrafted. He was undrafted in 2010. Biggest season was 2011 and 2013 with four interceptions, each one. Um, big thing about him, he was really, really fast. Uh, the combine, I don't know how accurate this is, but it's pretty believable. He, he had a 4.2640 time, which is nuts. Um, he's a local kid where I am in Florida. He actually went to the same high school as me, um, Booker High School in Sarasota. He was class of 2006. I was class of 97 because I'm old as fuck. But, um, yeah, he, I'm pretty sure he played receiver in high school. And then he went to the University of Miami, Florida, and played receiver there. Might have switched to corner late in his career. Not really sure. I mean, he was undrafted, so we knew he wasn't going to play receiver in the NFL. So maybe he just switched a corner during a training camp. Um, but yeah, Sam Shields. 43, we got Frank Bag of Donuts winners. Center from those Super Bowl teams in the 90s. Uh, 11 seasons for us. Um, 156 games with Green Bay. Drafted in the 10th round back in 1987 draft by Cleveland. Yeah, he was a huge piece to that uh, 96 and 97 Super Bowl teams. Um, he started as a left guard. Um in Green Bay, and then they moved to center in 1993. Um, huge piece of the offensive line. Um, it's basically Favre's personal protector and super close friend. They used to go out and party and have fun together. Um, I always loved Frank. He's a solid, solid center. Uh, can't ask for more when it comes to centers like that. 
he was hurt, but always, most of the time, played anyway. Um, always showed up in big games. Uh, let's see, number 42, we're going to do... Um, Paul Kaufman, tight end. Um, he was eight seasons with us, 119 games in Green Bay. He was undrafted in the 1978 draft. His best season was 1983 with 50, 54 catches, 814 yards, and 11 touchdowns. Now, this is the era, you know, think about football in 1983. That was still a huge, huge running. Everybody was running the ball. Everybody was running the ball. There was still, I mean, 83... You had teams, you had um, the 49ers, you had the Bengals. They were throwing the ball a lot. But even still, that was West Coast offense, so there were short passes. Um, you know, back then, the anomaly with the Raiders, where they were just chucking the ball all, all over the place. But, you know, Paul Kaufman specifically, he was great in his role as a tight end because... Tight ends were used, but they they were used sparingly. I mean, the biggest tight end there was Kellen Winslow back then. Um, but he was just a different animal. But Paul Kaufman, back in back in the eighty three season, was huge. Um, like I said, when you know when tight ends weren't really used all that much, or sparingly. Now there's all kinds of packages for him. All right, 41, we're going to do Tim Harris. Um, outside linebacker. Always a huge fan of Tim Harris. Um, he was five seasons with us, 76 games with Green Bay. He was drafted in the fourth round of the 86 draft. Um, pretty big height, um, especially for a defensive player. Pretty pretty tall dude i mean he was 6'6 as an outside linebacker which you know 1986 there were some big players but that's that's pretty tall for outside linebacker uh his best season was 1989 with 19 and a half sacks i'm pretty sure that's still a green bay packers record like i was saying the 88 season was huge too for for tim harris he had 13 and a half sacks um in 89, like I said, he had 19 and a half, which is nuts, dude. That's crazy for outside linebacker. I mean, that's like Lawrence Taylor shit. Um, me basically came out of nowhere to have those seasons. I mean, he was kind of slowly building, slowly building, slowly building like that. Um, another person I think it might have some seasons like that that's on the current roster is Rashawn Gary. I really feel like he's going to have a monster season this year, like 12, 10, and 14 sacks. Um, I'll have a bunch of predictions once the season gets closer here. Um, but that's going to be, what, 45, like I said? 45 to 41 for this episode, but um, a couple odds and ends. Um, I'll probably just be doing this podcast once a week. Until the season starts. Um, or 
least until there's more stuff. I had to take the last three weeks off for, for personal reasons, stuff going on um, with me. But I'm trying to do it once a week until the season starts. Got a lot of stuff going on. Um, but I like doing it. Um, I like seeing the responses from people and, and talking to people on Twitter. Um, yeah, follow us on Facebook. We're on Green and Bold Podcast. Follow us on Twitter. We're on Green and Bold Podcast. And follow us on Instagram. We're on the Green and Bold Podcast. All right, guys. Thanks for, uh, I know this is short, but I just wanted to get another one out there because I haven't done it in a minute. So thanks for listening. Have a good day, good night, good evening. Thank you. Later. Hey guys, welcome back to the Green and Bold podcast. Uh, how are you? How's it going? Um, it's been a minute. It's been a uh, eventful, what, 90 days or something like that. Um, we're going to be talking about, of course, Aaron Rodgers, but get to the continue on. I want to continue on the list of my top fifty Packers of all time. I'm going to go through forty through. That's not right. Forty through thirty-six today. Uh, number forty, we got Greg Jennings. Uh, obviously, wide receiver, who's drafted fifty-second overall in the second round in the two thousand six draft, out of Western Michigan. Uh, his best season was probably the Super Bowl year. Um, two thousand ten started all sixteen games. With 1,265 yards and 12 touchdowns. Obviously a huge piece to that Super Bowl run in 2010. Um, he's a little injury prone um, here and there. Um, very quick off the ball. Very quick. He always created great separation. Um, I actually saw him play in 2008. Down here in Tampa at Raymond James. Um, but uh yeah, he was he was he was just so smooth and fast. He reminds me a lot of um Jarvis Landry. Just strong and very quick and smooth off the ball. One of my favorite players off that team, off that Super Bowl team. All right, number 39, we got Tremont Williams. Old number 38. Uh, he was undrafted out of Louisiana Tech. Um, he recently retired after 14 seasons. They brought him back last year. Um, I think they had him on the practice squad in case 
something happened during the, I think during the NFC Championship game or something like that. Um, 728 total tackles. Started 153 of 205 career regular season games. 34 interceptions. Four and a half sacks. 185 passes defensed. Six forced fumbles and 11 fumble recoveries. And to top it all off, he had 28 special team tackles. Huge part of the Super Bowl 45 team win. He had a two interception game, two interception game against Atlanta in the divisional round of those playoffs. Um, he sealed the wild card win against Philadelphia with interception in the end zone. 16 career playoff games are tied for fourth most in franchise history with TJ Lang and William Henderson. Played 10 seasons for the Packers over two separate stints, both in 2007 to 2014 and 2018 to 2019. And like I said, he returned last season on the practice squad and finally decided to hang it up. All right, number 38, Chad Clifton, left tackle, number 76. Uh, Second-round pick in the 2000, 2000, I want to say 2000, 2000 draft. <laughs> Second-round second, second pick in the 2000 draft, uh, pick number 44 from the University of Tennessee, 165 games for Green Bay over 12 seasons. One of the best tackles Green Bay has ever had, ever, and that says a lot because we've had some great linemen in our history. Finally got his Super Bowl in the 2010 season. Um, unfortunately, he might be best known for getting hit blindsided by Warren Sapp during an interception return in 2003. Um, obviously got injured on that play, got severely injured, was in the hospital for a week. Um, he could not walk unaided for about five-plus weeks. Um, he tore muscles in his lower abdomen and groin and hip. I mean, I knew Sap was big, but Jesus. Science is a bitch, huh? All right, number 37, Chuck Cecil. Chuck fucking Cecil. Free safety, number 26, selected in the fourth round of the 1988 draft from the University of Arizona. He was a walk-on at Arizona. He is known for his ferocious style of play. If you don't know who Chuck Cecil is, if you're a younger fan, please go to YouTube right now and look up Chuck Cecil Highlight hits he was featured on the cover of the October 11th 1993 Sports Illustrated with the question that said is Chuck Cecil too vicious for the NFL 
Imagine that, being too vicious in a league full of vicious players. He only played seven seasons due to multiple concussions. He literally threw his body into oncoming traffic all of, t- all of the time. All, all of the times. If there was a time, he threw it. He was forced to wear a what was called a gazoo helmet, a helmet named from. It was weird. I don't. I don't know. It's dumb, but it was named after a recurring character in the Flintstones called the Great Gazoo. Is basically like a a double double padded helmet. Um. He's currently the safety's coach naturally at the University of Arizona but please do yourself a favor and go and watch YouTube highlights of Chuck Cecil hitting there's no way Chuck put it this way Chuck Cecil couldn't play in today's NFL he just couldn't he'd get fined too much first of all he wouldn't get paid he'd probably get paid the league minimum for safeties and most of that would go towards fines Cause he just he just didn't give a fuck. If you came across the middle, he was gonna rip your head off. Number thirty six, James Lofton. Number eighty, wide receiver. Drafted six overall in the first round of the nineteen seventy eight draft from the University of Stanford. Played nine seasons for Green Bay. First player to eclipse fourteen thousand yards receiving. He was an eight-time Pro Bowl selection, first-team All-Pro, 1981, three-times second-team All-Pro, all-rookie team in 1978, NFL 1980s All-Decade team, Green Bay Packers Hall of Fame, Pro Football Hall of Famer in 2003. Fun story about James Lofton. First of all, he's one of the smoothest wide receivers you'll ever see. Um, if you don't know about James Lofton, if you're a younger fan, like I said about Chuck Cecil, go to YouTube, type in James Lofton highlights. You you might see a lot from Buffalo because after he left, after he left the Packers, I believe he went to the LA Raiders, but he ended his career in Buffalo. Um, he was on those uh, early '90s Buffalo Super Bowl teams. But he's very, very smooth, very fast, very quick. Mostly fast. That's why the Raiders wanted him. You know, Al Davis, go deep. We'll chuck it. But James Lofton, number 36. Um, fun, fun little factoid. My father, I grew up in Madison. My father was a cab driver for Union Cab. In Madison, Wisconsin. And uh, one, I believe it was during a preseason, I want to say a preseason game against Green Bay. Or he was in town doing signing or something. My dad picked him up from the airport. And my dad realized who it was and got him to sign this little cab slip said James Lofton, number 80. I wish I still had it. 
I had it for the longest time. It might still be at my parents' house. Um, but yeah, that was that was super cool. I was a fan ever since, because he didn't have to do that. You know, he was just trying to get to his hotel, or settle in for the night. It was super cool that he did that. Um, but you know, that's what is it forty through thirty six for today. Now let's talk about what the fuck's going on with Aaron Rodgers. So, he arrived at camp um, in flip-flops and shades, looking like, what's the problem, dude? (laughs) All right. Whatever. Uh, Apparently, they're going to sign him to, they restructured his contract they did all kinds of bullshit if you ask fuck if you ask me. They restructured his contract. From what I understand, they signed him so they restructured it so he could play this year and have an option to leave next year. Or if he win the Super Bowl, highly unlikely. Haven't won it in going on eleven seasons now. To run it back. If he wants, if he still feels the same way about the front office. Um, apparently, they have Randall Cobb coming on. He, uh, that's something that he wanted. I don't know what help he's going to do, but he cut him for a reason. Um, hopefully, like during the playoffs, he makes, you know, at this point, he's a, he's a solid possession receiver. Hopefully at this point, you know, he'll come in during the playoffs. He'll make a couple first down catches that helps the team. Stuff like that. He's not going to be a huge impact. He'll probably have like three, maybe three touchdowns on the year. What, maybe 300, 400 yards? I mean, I think he had 400 yards last year for the Texans. And he hardly played. Um, I don't know why it's necessary to... Um, curtailed to Aaron for one season. I mean, do we, we really think we're going to make the Super Bowl? I mean, he is one. In, let's remember this. I know we're excited that he's back, and you just want one more shot at glory as a fan. I know, I know we do. But let's remember this fact that he is one in four. One and four in NFC Championship games. So bringing him back one more season, I don't know how that's going to make a fucking difference. Really, all it does is delay. In the grand scheme of things, all it's going to do is delay Jordan Love's progress. That's all it's going to do. I mean, and then what happens if they do win the Super Bowl? You know, is he going to come back? And then what do they do with Jordan Love? Is Jordan going to speak up and be like, just trade me? I don't, why would I want to be here? You guys clearly are still with Aaron. So, I mean, I doubt he would say that because he doesn't really have, he doesn't have any leverage at all. I mean, even if he shows out in preseason and practice, that's nothing. That doesn't mean anything. So I doubt he would say that, but it's a possibility. I mean, I just, I don't get it. I really don't. 
I mean, it's nice. It's nice for Packer fans because, you know, with him coming back, we're automatically Super Bowl contenders again. I think the only thing that might hold us up, Tampa Tampa is the only, with Brady still being there, is the only obstacle, really. I mean, the Rams are decent. San Francisco will be decent again. So... But I think if we could do, you know, the things we did last year, there's no reason why we can't be right back in the NFC Championship game. So if we can get the one seed, I don't think we're going to get the one seed. I think Tampa's going to get the one seed this year. But if we could somehow slide past Tampa, I don't know if Tampa will win the Super Bowl. Tampa is my pick. Um. I don't I haven't done my picks yet for both sides, but for the NFC it's definitely Tampa. Until proven otherwise, I don't I don't see them beating Tampa. I don't see the Packers beating Tampa. Because if they don't get the number one seed, and Tampa got kinda lucky last year in the fact that the weather was okay. I mean, if it was free, it's a completely different game. It's not like Brady hasn't played in freezing weather, but the other players haven't. It's completely different. I live here. I've lived in both places. I live roughly 50 minutes, 50 minutes to an hour from Raymond James Stadium South. And I lived in Madison, Wisconsin. So I've lived in both. It is so drastic in temperature when you go from practicing and it's about 70 degrees in December, January here. And then when you go up there and it's zero degrees, nobody wants to get hit in that shit. So, but this year I don't see Green Bay getting the number one seed again. I see Tampa getting it in the NFC Championship game being played in Tampa. So I just don't see it any other way. I mean, who else is there? Who we got? We got San Francisco. We got L.A. We got Green Bay. We got Tampa. We got Seattle. I mean, Arizona is going to be better, but Arizona is not going to, they're not going to do anything significant, huge in the playoffs. I mean, shit, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I still, I really still see it coming down to Tampa and Green Bay. And it's going to be played in Tampa, the NFC Championship game. And for I, for whatever reason, Green Bay just doesn't play well down here. They never have. <clears throat> I mean, I've been to a bunch of games down here, and it seems, like I said earlier with uh, Greg Jennings watching him play in 2008, that was the last Bucks game I went to that was down here. The last Bucks packers game. They just don't. I don't know if it's the humidity going from – Basically zero humidity up in Wisconsin. And coming down here, you know, it's just, it's 
like taking a shower when you walk outside. It's ridiculous, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know about the A. I don't know about the AFC right now. I think New England will be better. They won't be. They won't. They'll be in the playoffs and they won't do anything. Cam Newton just can't stay healthy. And then, I mean, who who are the best two? We still got we got Buffalo. Well, best three: Buffalo, Baltimore. You know, Cleveland will be back in there. But I think Cleveland. Honestly, I think Cleve. I think it's going to be Cleveland, and Kansas City in the AFC Championship game. I wouldn't be surprised if Cleveland got in, got to the Super Bowl. They they have a team good enough to get to the Super Bowl on paper. Now, how they survive the playoffs and how they do, you know, adjusting to all the extra bullshit that comes with the playoffs. They could get to the Super Bowl. I No matter who they play, they wouldn't beat anybody in the Super Bowl. There's just too much inexperience on that team. But we'll see. We'll get to that in another episode, all predictions and stuff. Um, check us out on social media. We're on Twitter. Um, Green and Bold Podcast and Instagram Green and Bold Podcast and Facebook Green and Bold Podcast. Um, like I keep saying, I try to get these out as whenever I can. I'm super busy doing other things. I know it has nothing to do with you guys. You're like, I don't care if you fucking put it out or not. <laughs> but I like the Packers. I like talking about them. So I'm going to try to do these as often as I can. Whenever I can. Uh, thanks for tuning in. And uh, you guys have a good one. Thanks, guys. Hey, guys. Welcome back to the Green and Bold podcast. Uh, how's it going? It's training camp. Are you fucking pumped or no? Um, today, we're going to continue the uh Top 50 Green Bay Packer players of all time. We're going to do 35 to 31. And then we're going to talk about some training camp stuff. And uh, some Aaron Rodgers stuff, of course. Uh, Number 35, Clay Matthews, linebacker. Clay Matthews, the third. Number 52, 10 years with us. Drafted in the first round. 26... 26th pick from USC. I remember this pick because I was I was like, oh, okay. I see the Packers trying to make some moves. I, I thought it was an odd pick. I mean, it made sense, but Clay was decent at USC, but he wasn't, you know, he wasn't the next uh, Dick Buckus. But um, obviously major piece to the Super Bowl forty five team. Six-time Pro Bowler, 2009 to 2012, 2014 and 15. First-team All-Pro in 2010. Second-team All-Pro in 2012. PFNA NFL Defensive Player of the Year in 2010. Buckus Award winner in 2010 while he was at USC. And he was a three-time Pac-10 champion while he was there. 
Um, he had 519 tackles for us, 91 and a half sacks, six interceptions, and three defensive touchdowns. Obviously, Clay comes from a, a just a dynasty of NFL royalty, um, if that makes sense. His dad is obviously the Cleveland Brown great, Clay Matthews Jr., linebacker. Um, if you know, you know. His grandfather played in the league. His uncle Bruce, Bruce Matthews, was a lineman for the Houston Oilers for about 627,000 years. Um, his brother Casey played in the league. His cousins Kevin and Jake also played in the league. Um, pretty sure Jake is still on some team. At the, is he still with Atlanta? I don't know. He plays lineman. I think he's a tackle. All right, number 34. Sterling Sharp. Sterling Sharp. Well, what do we say about 84? Um, wide receiver, obviously, drafted in 1988 in the first round with the seventh pick from South Carolina. He only played seven seasons due to a stupid, stupid neck injury. Uh, he was well on the way to the Hall of Fame, well on his way. Um, you know, I often think about if he would have stayed healthy, if would they have won a Super Bowl before 96? I mean, probably not because they had to go through the Cowboys most playoffs, but who knows? Five-time Pro Bowler, 89-90, three-time first-team All-Pro, 89-92, 93, three-time NFL receptions leader, 89-92 and 93, two-time NFL receiving touchdown leader in 92 and 94, NFL receiving yards leader in 1992. He is a Green Bay Packers Hall of Fame member. And a, and South Carolina retired as number two. He was such a great player for us. It's too bad his career was cut short. Number thirty three. This is a plethora of accomplishments for this guy. Jim Ringo, number fifty one, center. Drafted in the 1953 draft in the seventh round with pick number 79. He was a two-time NFL champion, 1961-62, 10-time Pro Bowler, 57-65 and 67. Seven-time first-team All-Pro, 1957-1963. Two-time second-team All-Pro, 64-66, or 64 and 66. NFL 1960s All-Decade Team. Also played four seasons for Philadelphia. 187 total games played. A member of the Green Bay Hall of Fame and Philadelphia Hall of Fame. Went on to the coaching ranks for 20 years. Um, 
here's a fun fact. He created the great offensive line for the 70s Buffalo Bills that was called the Electric Company. If you're old enough to remember, I was born in the 70s, so I didn't watch Buffalo play then. But I definitely know NFL history, and I know the Electric Company, so that's fun. He is a member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Key member of the famous Green Bay Packers sweep O-line. Number 32, Leroy Butler. Number 36, strong safety, Florida State. Drafted in the 1990 draft. The 19... Yeah, he was drafted in the 1990 draft. Pick number 48 in the second round. Key component to the Super Bowl 31 team. Huge piece. Invented the Lambo Leap. I mean, people were doing it, but for whatever reason that year, it was just kind of coined and it stuck with... Uh, I think... I think people are trying to do it, if I remember correctly. But he's pretty much credited with inventing the Lambo Leap. Four-time Pro Bowler, 93, 96, 97, 98. Four-time first-team All-Pro, 93, 96, 97, 98. NFL 1990s All-Decade Team. He is a member of the Green Bay Packers Hall of Fame and hopefully soon the Pro Football Hall of Fame, 889 tackles, 38 interceptions, and 20 and a half sacks. Leroy Butler. And last for this podcast, number 31, Gilbert Gravedigger Brown. Um, this guy, you know, such a huge piece for that Super Bowl 31 team in that run. Um, you know, his statistics to be on any list, they're not the greatest, but what he brought to that defensive line was absolutely ridiculous. The run stuffing, the holding up the linemen so our linebackers could run free on pass rush. Um, just so many intangibles that, that statistics don't really cover. Um, played nose tackle, obviously, originally drafted by the Minnesota Vikings in a 93 draft in the third round with the 79th pick from Kansas, of all places. Um, apparently, he was quoted as saying he's from uh, the streets of Detroit, or roughly around that area. And he said he didn't want to. Basically, he said he didn't want to see that shit anymore. So he picked the school with the one of the best basketball programs. <laughs> to him, he just wanted to get out of there. Might have been the only few places he was offered a scholarship. Who knows? Um... Played 125 games, seven sacks, one fumble recovery. Yeah, it's just his presence were un his presence was unmatched. Just eating up offensive linemen, some linebackers, safeties blitzing, all could roam free. Great player, Gilbert Brown. 
All right, let's talk about training camp. Uh, so training camp started last week. That was fun. Uh, nobody knew if Aaron was showing up, and then he shows up, and it's just like, hello, did you miss me? Like, Jesus Christ, dude, seriously? No, nobody misses you. Um, it's definitely better for us that he's there and participating. Then he has a huge press conference that pretty much eviscerates the uh, Packers front office. But, I mean, I'm not mad at what he did by saying people, but, you know, the bottom, you know, calling out the front office, but bottom line is he's not a GM. His job is to play quarterback. And I hate being that old guy saying, you know, everybody just do their damn job. But it's so true. Like he's felt like he's earned some, some, uh, some say in what happens. He said, quote, what directly affects his job. But, you know, the Packers have never done that. Most NFL teams don't do that. They, it might have changed on some teams nowadays, but uh, by and large, historically, NFL teams have never done that. Um, especially with certain owners like there's no way they would give an inch of power to any any player it just kind of i don't know it's just weird because it it kind of feels like he wants you know the respect of somebody there's only one person in this league that can ask for that type of thing and get it and it's tom brady just because he's won so many super bowls um, I mean, you win that much, and it comes with automatic respect around the league. So, but there's other stuff I want to talk about. I can't think of it. Training camp, Aaron Rodgers. There's been a lot of fun stuff with, uh, you know, aside from Aaron saying what he said. I mean, you know, he he called out a bunch of, he said a bunch of ex-players, you know, weren't treated right on the way out or weren't paid enough or low-balled or whatever. Just like, bruh. Like, they cut those people for a reason. You know, I think he named, like, 12 players or something, and, like, all of them, but Casey Hayward and and uh, Micah Hyde, you know, actually did anything. I mean, Micah's decent, you know. He's not fucking Ronnie Lott. Um, 
Might be two different safeties. Strong or free, I'm not sure. But anyway, he's not fucking running a lot. Um, he's not going to make the Hall of Fame. They cut him for a reason. The same with Casey Hayward. I don't think anybody saw Casey. I mean, Casey was okay last year. I mean, but it was, you know, they they completely missed on Casey Hayward. But I think, you know, the other 30 teams did also. So you miss sometimes. You don't knock it out of the park every time. So... I don't know, man. I don't know what it is about Aaron Rodgers. I never liked him. I never have. I appreciate what he does for us, for our team. Um, there's just something about him, you know. I never did buy his jersey. I don't know if it's because I because he replaced Favre, and I was, you know, I still am such a huge Favre fan. Um. I don't have any resentment towards the Packers or him, but it's just like, for whatever reason, I can never get myself to like him as a as a person. You know, Brett was so easy to like. He was such a goofball and just loved football. You know, Aaron loves football, but in his own way. Um, you know, Aaron's goofy too, but, you know... Once again, in his own way. Yeah, I, just, I don't know. I guess I could relate to Brett more. So I can be a goofball. I probably don't sound like I probably sound like Stephen Wright. If you know that, who that is, what's up? Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I just never – it was a, a couple times over the years where I'm like, you know, I, I really want to get into Aaron. Like, you know, I'm – you know, I'm going to buy a jersey, and I go to do it. I'm just like, nope, I can't do it. I don't know what it is. So, well, and then it, did I talk about restructuring his, contra- his contract? I don't think I did, but he de- he definitely did a restructure on his contract, and then I think I talked about it last week, but he actually, they actually did it, and he signed it. So, you know, it's this year. Possibly next year. See how it goes. And then 2023 is null and void. So he's going to go. He's definitely going wherever he wants next year. Or um, 2023. I think they have the option to tag him next year. If they want. Um, I don't think they will. I don't think him and him and Brian get along very well. Uh, Goody Kunst. I don't think they get along very well, so it's just going to probably just let them go to wherever. And I'm not really mad about it. Um, I just hope it's not too long. You know, it's we're not going to find a Hall of Fame quarterback immediately. You know, it could be 10 years. Hopefully it's not. Um, you know, it could be Jordan Love. I don't – who knows? Who really knows? Um. Probably not, um, but you never know. All right, well, I'm going to cut it right there. Follow me, follow us on Greeny Bull Podcast on Instagram, 
Green and Bold Podcast on Facebook and Green and Bold Podcast on Twitter. If you're listening, if you listen more than once, I so appreciate you as I am not, full disclosure, I am not really a, what you call it, outgoing person. Like, I have to know you um, to really talk your ear off. So I'm trying to get over that by talking about something that I love in Green Bay Packers, in the Green Bay Packers. So, all right, thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Have a good one.